to be a rebel. How do you react to that statement? I wonder. I've been thinking about that this week, both because of where we are in the story and also because of uh, one girl, my daughter, uh, Jessica. Jessica uh, made her decision and, and, and signed a basketball scholarship this Monday. And, uh, you know, it, it was apparent early on that she was going to have a strong will. Uh, some kids just have a strong will, as James Dobson wrote about. And with her, uh, I could tell that. I, when she's 16, 18 months, years old, uh, we would decide it was bedtime for Jessica. Now, Jessica's a night person, just like her father. Uh, she didn't want to go to bed, 18 months old. And so I'd take her up to her little toddler bed, and I'd lay her down and say, Jessica, stay in, you need to stay in bed and go to sleep. No. Uh, that wasn't, <laughs> it gets a lot worse. Uh, I'd say, Jessica, if you don't do that, I'm going to have to come in here and lay down with you. No. And so I remember nights of, of laying down beside her little toddler bed with my arm up over her, holding her down, and she's kicking, kicking and screaming, I'm not going to bed! I'm not going to I am so glad our house was far enough from the neighbors we didn't get called for defects. She, she did not want to go to bed. She was going to rebel against me, even though I, she, I, she'd finally wear out and fall asleep, never giving in. It's not always wrong to be a rebel. See, the people of God have been, because of their own unfaithfulness, they've been judged, and the Babylonians have taken over now the southern kingdom of Judah. And so the leaders of Babylon have this very ingenious idea they're going to take the young men from Judah. They're going to take them and move them to Babylon, and they're going to indoctrinate them. They're going to make them sympathetic to Babylonian culture. They're going to bring them to a place where they're agreeable with Babylonian culture. Now, you know, it's amazing to me how a lot of the contemporary media stories, they are all about this heroic quest, particularly as we get to these stories that have risen in popularity lately about the, the viewing the future societies as dystopian, that is, they are uh, very much where there's a, a central kind of nefarious authority, a uh, government over everyone. And then you get the rise of, say, Katniss Everdeen in The Hunger Games or uh, the, the heroine of Divergent or Neo in the Matrix series. All of those are similar. Here we see all of these Babylonian youths taken over. And out of them, there rise a fan, what I call the, the fantastic four. No, the faithful four. The faithful four we know and we see in Daniel chapter 1. Now, I think there are some lessons these faithful four can teach us today. I, I think it's important for us to understand that all of us need to have a little rebel in us. But not rebellion for rebellion's sake, not because we want our individual will to be done. Rebellion because a faithful person can do no less. Rebellion because a faithful person must stand up for what is right, no matter what our neighbors say, no matter what our culture says, no matter what, even perhaps, that the laws of our land say. You see, 
There is a time coming where we perhaps will have to choose. Are we going to be faithful to God or to someone else? The Babylonians probably never thought, or excuse me, the, the Jewish people probably never thought they would be back in Babylon. It's actually kind of ironic. If you look in the book of Genesis, you see Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, he was called out of Ur of the Chaldeans. You know where Ur is? Ur is in Babylon. So he's called out of Ur of the Chaldeans to come start a nation that's devoted solely to God, to be the father of the nation of Israel. And because of the unfaithfulness, it's come full circle. From Ur, back to Ur. See, for all of us, we need to understand that God wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be in relationship to us. But it requires us ongoing making a commitment to be faithful to him first. The first, faithful four first teach us to recognize temptation. They teach us to recognize temptation. Look what's going on here in Daniel chapter 1. Young men, these select me young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. They are taken from their land, marched 800,000 miles or so, uh, to Babylon to be indoctrinated. They take the best and the brightest of the Jewish people. For if you take the best and the brightest of the young generation, then it will breed captives. It will breed obedience. It will bring, breed people who don't cause trouble within those outlying colonies as Israel now was, as Judah now was. Or Babylon. To recognize temptation here, we see that as these young men were taught the culture of Babylon, they were taught the language and the ways, we see in there the same temptations that we can have today. As we live in a culture, yes, we want to be faithful to God, but we live in a culture that's hostile to God, a culture that takes us away from being pleasing to God. There are false ideas in our culture. False ideas that are propagated in our schools by those who teach there. False ideas perhaps that are even propagated by those in authority. What do I mean by that? A lot of what we call today political correctness is uh, almost taught as gospel, as something that's inherently true. That you have to be tolerant of every idea, tolerant of every lifestyle choice. When we must understand there has to be objective truth for there to be truth at all. There has to be uh, some uh, sense of objective truth for us to 
have and to see that there are rights and wrongs, that there are absolute standards. And for us to understand this, we learn and we uh, get to know the ways and the teachings of God. These young men had been taught, but yet they were there in Babylon and they were being taught the ways of the Babylonians. They were being taught the ideas of the Babylonians. And it appears that our faithful four went along with that teaching. They didn't rebel against that teaching of the language and the culture. Perhaps it was because they knew enough of the scriptures, they knew enough to be faithful to God despite that teaching. They were strong-minded enough uh, to take that understanding and, and hold on to what was true. But it's important for us to be people who use our minds and discern as we listen to the different ideas and philosophies that swirl around us. It's important for us to understand and to turn away from those ideas and philosophies that are counter, that are hostile to God. False habits. You see, there are false habits that were given to them. Food, wine, false habits of the Babylonians that perhaps they were encouraged to take. And just like today, there are false habits that are taught and shared all around us. It's okay. Everything in moderation. You ever heard that? It's okay to legalize marijuana. It's okay to, to have some drinks. It, not thinking about the ongoing consequences. And what happens is we gradually come to the point where everything is okay. I've shared with you before. I'll share with you again, I'm sure. You used to be, when you turned on the television, that you didn't see people speaking profanely to one another. You didn't see all the skin that you see. Now you might say, oh, you're just an old timer. <laughs> you're just a square. I'm saying to you, we need to understand, even those of us who are adults, that everything we see, everything we take in with our ears, everything has an effect on us. It goes into the subconscious of our brain. We must understand that our habits beget our future behaviors. What we take in comes out. Here they are put in this place and they are given this challenge to forget what they've learned, to take on the persona, to take on the lifestyle of the Babylonians. And our faithful force show us they're not going to do it. Even they're given false names. And perhaps you don't know the meaning of their names. Let me give them to you. It's very significant that the Babylonians changed their names. The meaning of Daniel is God is my judge. <clears throat> but it was changed to Belteshazzar, which means Bel protect his life. Bel was the most important God in the Babylonian culture. Hananiah means the Lord shows grace. But that new name, Shadrach, means a command of Aku, who's the moon god of the Babylonians. Mishael means who is like God. And the new name Meshach means who is Azak, who is that same moon god we're just talking about. Azariah means the Lord is my help. But Abednego means servant of Nego, which was another Babylonian god. So 
they changed their names from names that referred to the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to the gods of the Babylonians. Names have significance. They're challenged with their ideas. They're challenged with their habits or lifestyle. They're challenged by even being renamed. But we see they're not fooled, are the faithful four. Now, I usually call them by the names they're changed to. And uh, reading it, I was convicted this week. I need to I need to start calling them by the names that refer to the one true God. Uh, it's uh, For me, somehow, it's easier to remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, y'all feeling me? Instead, it sh- I should say Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, I never called Daniel Belteshazzar, but uh, this is important for us to see that they draw the line. The best lesson of the three I give you today is to resolve to trust God. Resolve to trust God in this culture that we live in. Resolve to trust God as you make your lifestyle decisions. Resolve to trust God. Very important. Verses 8 through 16 of Daniel chapter 1. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king. Basically, you're putting me in the crosshairs who has assigned you food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance to that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. All because Daniel resolved... Now, why is that so important? Uh, There are several reasons. One, I think the royal food and drink probably was less nutritious for them. Now, (laughs) you might understand from this that God wants all of us to be vegetarians. I'm not sure that's what it, in fact, I don't believe that's what it teaches. (laughs) I'm not ready to give up the ribs just yet. But you do understand, I I think it's probably nutrition was part of it. But even more, the the great reason for not taking this food and drink was probably because it had been sacrificed to those false gods. Probably because it was a symbol of being faithful to these gods other than the one true God. And remember, that's why the nation of Israel and Judah were judged to start with. Because their unfaithfulness to God. Because they're chasing after and being worshipers of other gods. I think that's what's going on. I think that's why Daniel and his friends draw the line. That's why they say we are not going to have anything to do with this food and drink of the, that's given of these foreign gods. We're going to remain true. We're going to remain faithful to the one true God. 
being resolved is something we need to make sure we do today. Being resolved keeps us from like those huge redwood trees being hollowed out from the inside. Being resolved is best captured by a man I read about, an Indian man. It was reported in the news that Ramchandra Das, 53, who lives in Bihar, India, had completed a short tunnel through the mountain because he had to go 4.3 miles otherwise around the mountain to work in his fields. He, in order to access those fields, faced that journey every day. Not only that, but he couldn't even park his truck right there because the mountain blocked it right by his house. So he had to park it a distance away, and he was worried about bandits taking it. So he left it that 4.3 miles away. Fed up with the obstacle, Das did something about that. Now listen, with just a hammer and a chisel, he cut a 33-foot-long, 13-foot-wide tunnel through a narrow area of the mountain. So he could get straight to his fields. With just a hammer and a chisel. It took him 14 years to complete the task. Can you imagine? 14 years with a hammer and chisel to cut through a mountain? That's resolution. That's commitment. It takes that kind of resolution and commitment to be faithful to God in your habits, to be faithful to God in your lifestyle. It takes resolution and commitment like that to say no to sex and yes to abstinence, to say no to too much alcohol and yes to sobriety, to say no to drugs and yes to clean living, to say no to gangs and yes to healthy friendships, to say no to moral filth and yes to the word of God, to say no to sin and say yes to Jesus Christ, to say no to going along with a crowd, and yes to standing alone, to say no to temptation, and yes to God, to say no to cowardice, and yes to bold witness for Christ, to say no to sexual compromise, and yes to waiting until marriage, to say no to rebellion, the wrong kind of rebellion, and yes to obedience, to say no to the chains of sin, and yes to freedom in Christ. Resolution to trust God. Even if you can't see the consequences, even if you can't see what's going to happen, trust God with the ideas that you build your life on. Trust God with the habits that you put into your life. Trust God with the lifestyle that you live. That's what the faithful four show us. And notice the third lesson. They relied on God's blessings. And God, as he always does in his own time, shows up. God always honors those who honor him. Verses 17 to 21. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, 
And he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Now, several things, as you read underneath that, you need to understand. This is after that three-year period of training. This is after that three years of Babylon University that they'd gone through. You, you jump to the end. And you see that these four guys, because of their commitment, their faithfulness to God, that they have been blessed by God with supernatural wisdom, that they stand above all the other servants in the kingdom. Daniel, we know, served for 60 years the Babylonian kingdom. A righteous influence in an ungodly nation. Imagine the people that he touched. But all because he chose, he resolved to trust God. He chose to recognize temptation and to turn away from it. He chose to be faithful to God above all else that God blessed him. Now, I can't explain, I can't explain how that works in your life, but I know, I know that it is true. I know that as you take the road less traveled, I know that as you turn away from temptation that God will bless you with the supernatural fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I do know that God brings wisdom to those who put him first. I do know that God honors those who honor him. The most famous verses in Scripture, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 2, verse 30. <clears throat> Therefore the Lord of Israel declares, I promise that members of your family would minister before me forever. Now, that's kind of a negative. He's ju making judgment upon Eli, his high priest and his family, because they had not resisted temptation, because they had turned away from God. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me, those who honor me I will honor. But those who despise me, those who turn away from me, will be despised. See, righteous rebels know who to be faithful to, know who the real power is. Righteous rebels rise up and say, we will honor God. And God always honors the righteous rebels. We need a nation to be affected by some who say, I'm going to be faithful to God first, and who then live that out among them. George Shultz was Secretary of State for Ronald Reagan in the 80s. The Secretary of State's responsible for selecting men and women to be ambassadors to all the foreign countries that we have relationships with. And so every time George Shultz would select a new ambassador, he would call them into his office. In his office, he had a huge globe, a globe that would spin around. I don't even know if they have these in schools anymore. That at all the countries, it was a picture of the, all the nations in the world. And he would say to this new ambassador, I want you to show me where your country is. 
No record of anyone ever not knowing. That'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? So he selected Mike Mansfield to be ambassador to Japan, his former Senate majority leader. And Mike Mansfield turned the tables on Schultz. He said to Mansfield, I want you to show me where the country you're an ambassador to is. And instead of turning the globe around to Japan, Mike Mansfield pointed right in the middle of the United States of America, and he said, that's my country. From then on, Schultz would say to his new ambassadors, you are going to represent us to this country, but never forget that the USA is your country. These young men taken all the way from Israel, they show us that you still can be faithful. You still can represent God, no matter your life circumstances. You can be faithful to God and bring the representation of God to a world, even if it doesn't want to know him. You can be God's ambassador, God's representative. And so can we. Fathers, we think about these things Thank you for the witness of these young guys, teenagers. For the courage to stand up for you, even if it meant that they could have been executed. I thank you, Father, that each of us have the capacity to be faithful to you, even if it causes us to be unpopular to be faithful to you even if perhaps it affects us financially, to be faithful to you even if it causes others to scorn us. I thank you for your promise that you honor those who honor you, that we can trust you and we can rely on you. Give us the kind of resolve. Give us the kind of commitment that we're willing to tunnel through mountains, mountains of temptation, mountains of trial, mountains of trouble, to be faithful to you. I thank you for Jesus Christ, that he shows us that though it is not easy, we can have the victory through him who lives in us. We come to you in his name. Amen. It's ministry time. If you have a decision to make for the Lord to become a Christian, we'd love to help you with that. To join us formally here at Northside, again, we'd like to help you with that. We hope and pray that we can be a, a church of righteous rebels, represent God in a land that often is hostile to him. Let's stand together and sing. If you have a decision, please come.